Welcome to the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast, a Christ-centered recovery show where we discuss the habits, mindsets, and tools that will help you live the recovery lifestyle. We believe that if you regularly do the work by reading the Word, showing up at recovery meetings, getting engaged at your local church, and giving back through service, that you will build a stronger relationship with Jesus and experience the freedom that comes from lasting sobriety. Please join myself, Chris Decker, and my co-host, John Rizzi, as we serve as your virtual recovery coaches through Season 2, featuring monthly recovery challenges, inspiring testimonies, expert guest teachings, and the raw, real-time recovery journey that we go through each and every day. To help us reach more people, please subscribe and leave a review. And for now, enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast. We have a very exciting episode for you, and we're giving it a little bit of a twist. You see, John, who I'm joined here in studio by, just got through COVID. I'm going through a lot of life changes. We almost need like a meeting for each other right now, (laughs) and... um, We're going to take a little bit of a pause from blame. We're going to address it, but really we need to bring you all up to speed with what's going on in our lives. Yeah. These things that, uh, that hit us life circumstances that can really derail us from the recovery lifestyle if we're not careful. Right. Well, tell me I've, I've heard that COVID is really rough on on the mind too as well as the body and i'm wondering if you could tell us what your experience was like i'll tell you what man i was really irritated because i just had covid in december and uh and i thought oh i'm good like i've got the anti i'm not vaccinated but i got covid in december and i thought i i'm good right like i'm i have the antibodies nothing's nothing's gonna get to me again and sure enough I mean, here, not even a full seven months later, I got COVID again. And it wasn't like it was weaker or anything this time. It was about the same for me. Uh, and I think the mental part that you're alluding to, at least for me, has is been there's, a, there's an intersection of um, the physical and the mental, which is there's a level of fatigue that comes with it that messes me up because I'm a kind of go, go, go guy. And it knocked me on my ass. You know, initially, like I didn't do anything for probably two and a half, three days. And even now I'm uh, about 10 days after my first symptoms. I'm still like, you know, I did a little bit of a workout before I came here and it, it, it was only about 25 minutes and it really like, knocked me on my ass. Like I'm tired from that workout. Uh, and so that messes with me because it's like, I feel like I'm being held back. You know what I mean? All right. Um, it's really interesting that we just spent an entire month on busy. Yeah. And you have this circumstance that was placed in your life that forced you 
to like not be busy. Very unbusy. Literally impossible for you to do something that you love, which is working out. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure you can go for multiple hours normally without really feeling anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. That that that's that's true. In fact, like I was on the uh, uh, on my Corey call right after I had gotten uh, COVID, and 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 it was just like Corey was saying, you know what? It's okay to rest, <laughs> and like maybe I needed that um, because I really did. I I did slow down. I mean, the first couple of days I didn't do anything. You just look calmer. You yeah. see your energy is calmer. You look calmer. I haven't seen you like this ever. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. You know, I'm I'm really trying to not be in a hurry all the time. Uh, and then, but I will say, like you know, doing this uh, doing this blame challenge, and then having COVID that I wanted to blame COVID on pretty much everything. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, well, you know, I can't work today because I have COVID. I can't meet because I have COVID. I can't go to small group because I have COVID. I can't go to CR because I have COVID. Uh, and that was all true. Um, and and it, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'm using it as an excuse or blame, but, but I guess I kind of am, but it's legit, right? That seems pretty legit. Yeah. Like people genuinely want you to not be around them if you currently <laughs> have COVID. Right. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> um, but I can understand how, um, you know, maybe a, maybe a door is being opened for you that you just kind of needed. You know, you said you got three and a half days to just do nothing. Yeah. I was the last chill. time you really got that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, it, it was like, what did you do when I you did, did nothing? I slept a lot. Um, I do you normally sleep a good amount? I, I, I mean, I sleep normal, right? Like I, I have a pretty regimented schedule. Where How many I, hours do you I, get? I typically go to bed around nine and I typically get up around five. Okay. <clears throat> um, so so it's, it's a Super pretty- Super even eight hours. Yeah, and it's pretty good. I mean, I'm not asleep for eight hours according to my Fitbit, but still you know, in bed for eight hours. But, but this was like, I didn't even, I didn't feel like reading. I didn't feel like watching anything. I was just literally laying in bed, just taking naps. And then what's going on in your mind while all this is happening? <sighs> uh, pretty frustrated, you know, cause it, it was, um, I mean, it was, it was uncomfortable, you know, body aches, fever, uh, I had a lot of coughing and, um, so it was, it was uncomfortable. And I just, I was just like, Oh man, I just really want this to to be over. And I was, I would, I was praying like, you know, f the big thing I was praying was not to let my son and my wife get it. Cause I was hoping that they would avoid it. Um, uh, because, <clears throat> you know, the last time we, we did COVID, the whole family got it. And it was staggered. It was one son, then the next son, then me, then my wife. And it's this time it's basically doing the same thing because now both a, a little altered order. My younger son has it uh, and my wife has it. Although they, they didn't actually test, but, you know, you know. You pretty much know. You know. I, I knew right away. I, I The only reason I decided to test was because I really I wanted firm confirmation because I had a bunch of plans. Um 
that I wanted to make sure like, okay, uh, this is when the clock starts. Now I'm going to be okay to travel because I, I, I traveled on Friday last week, which was a week from getting COVID. So I was, I was, you know, no longer contagious, mm -hmm. but I was still feeling some of the effects. Interesting. Well, now you think you've had COVID, right? A couple times. I think so. But My, you never tested positive. I've never tested positive. Yeah. I'm, but I am pretty positive that I've gotten it at least a couple times. Because, like, my son did, and we live together. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty rare for for someone as young as your son to get Literally COVID. two years old. Yeah. I was in Denver, Colorado, and my, my wife tells me that he's shaking and convulsing oh, in bed. And it was, like, two in the morning for me, and uh, I got on the first available flight back home. There's yeah. nothing like... I've never felt experience like I wanted to be somewhere so badly and being you know being so far away from home and doing literally anything it took no amount of like i needed to get home immediately <laughs> yeah and it's so hard because they they don't understand what's going on and all you want to do is just take away their pain so obviously god's using these circumstances for something and mm. i've had a um, a very interesting three-week period. I started seeing a new counselor, Bible-based counselor. And in the first session, John, in the first session, he got right to the core of my favorite sin, mm. which is pride. Yeah. Liter and, and it rocked my world tell us about that so it's like been it's been on it, it the first week after like like okay how do i how had i not been in cr and done as much stuff like work that i've done i couldn't have received that message well it no, you taken probably would have never even gone back to the guy i would have been in denial yeah um and um and he has some Yelp reviews about being very direct that some people aren't very happy about but <laughs> i want it I want the direct. That's what you need, right? And and it was an unraveling. It was an unraveling of why I do all of these things. Um, comparison and competition and gossip and lying and um, just all these different sins throughout my life. My inventory made sense. It felt like I had unlocked this secret key to like, what 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 like what the root of this was has been pride and then he's like god hates pride mm. god hates pride yeah and and everything i'm doing is tied up in this this pride motive ego everything, motive the everything from the way i dress to the decisions that i make in business to um the my, my life at home in some way, shape, or form is impacted by this sinful nature of pride. And it really put me in my place hard. So how did he get to that? Like, was he asking you questions about your life? or I mean, we all struggle with I pride, right? I filled out this like, questionnaire yeah. of what are some of the areas that you're struggle struggling in. And I had like a high number in control and perfectionism. Hmm. And he's like, yeah, that's pride. Yeah. 
if you're trying to control everything around you, you're trying to control outcomes, you are trying to be God. That is a universe of me, not mm-hmm. a universe of God is rightfully on the throne. I put myself on the throne. Yeah. I made myself king of the castle. I am not king of my household. That is Jesus. Yeah. I am Christ's representative in my household. I'm his ambassador in my household. Um, and uh, I suppose with any like extremely good piece of feedback, it rocked me so deeply to my core. I'm not used to getting messages like this every time, like deep, deep convictions. And um, did some journaling about it. Um, made several confessions to people. Um, like it just... It was this, it's been this roller coaster. And then all of a sudden, I found myself naturally making a just a, a ton of sweeping changes in my life. I was like, wow, I am not taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm out of shape. I'm eating like crap. Um, and then I saw an opportunity. A client of mine invited me onto the 75 Hard Fitness Challenge. I said yes to that. I, I looked all around the room in my studio, my creative environment, and I said, I don't like this anymore. I can't create in this space. There's there's hundreds of signatures of people with competing views mm-hmm. and uh, ideologies and theologies. And, and um, whether or not it makes sense to anybody listening, I had to start over from scratch and just upgrade. It was kind of noisy, right? Like it was almost almost yelling at you. Yeah, there's just people giving me advice all day long. And it, it, it sounds kind of strange, but the people would leave these quotes in my studio. And I've had everyone from Reiki healers to um, assassins for the Mexican cartel to um, uh, 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 what call it, uh, private security for the president, uh, Secret Service. Like I've had so many interesting people. But like from all walks of life and and I needed to just kind of start over. Hmm. And then um, it's a calmer space. I mean, you, you know, because all of those messages literally were like yelling out at you all day, every day. Right. Well, and, and I really see my work as my ministry. And um, I've noticed that every six months or so um as the lord's working on me i i like and i I don't know if anybody else can relate to this i'll go through like a big shedding yeah yeah it's almost like i lost mental weight and now my body's catching up and not not everybody can do it that way i started i started to learn how to surf i joined the saddleback surfing ministry i can officially surf i'm very proud of that I was wondering, you said that, mentioned that having to have your surfboard in your car, and I was like, where the heck did that come from? I didn't realize you were a surfer, but it's new. No, for, I literally, the same day that I that I saw this new counselor, I implemented like the four-day work week schedule in my company. I'm talking about changes. I'm talking about like, I just started changing things. I don't know exactly why I did feel like these were all guided by the Holy Spirit, but this amount of change in such a short amount of time, my wife has not been pleased with me. Yeah, it's um, a lot. 
She just came around like two days ago as I've sort of re-regulated, but she was like, all this change, I feel like you're leaving me behind. And um, she got really jealous of some of the physical changes and like, oh, well, it's, it's nice that you get to work out twice yeah. a day. And, yeah. and I have more freedom than she does. Yeah. I'll admit. Yeah. She's at home a lot with our, with my, with our son and, and she does, and she's pregnant and, and I get to, I get to make my own schedule every day. And, and there's, there's some natural jealousy that arrives. Um, well, anyhow, you, you I'm sw- saying a lot. <laughs> well, you swing for the fences for sure. And I, I, I gotta say like, I don't think that approach is for everyone for sure. No, I, but <laughs> I may rip the bandaid off become like start at the start from scratch do it the hard way do the challenge i i am such like, a go big or go home i mean maybe it's kind of like masochistic like i want to endure some suffering and pain but i've studied the growth process enough to know that the making change part is the part that most people struggle with yeah but i thrive in change I need change. And in the past, change was super unhealthy and toxic because I would change things like for the worse. Mm -hmm. But now a few weeks into this, uh, four weeks, whatever, how many weeks into, into counseling and, and into this, this sort of new season of life. Um, I, I mean, it's, um, something shifted. And it was understanding that core sin. That's what I'm really trying to get at is that something's different this time. Yeah, but you could see why this could be threatening to your wife, right? Like, Like here I am manifesting all of this chaos and change and saying that I need change to thrive, you know, while you're building a family and you're yes. supposed to be an anchor for that family. And you're like a whirlwind, the, what, even though it's, it's positive change. What, you know what eventually I mean? got to her was like, look, our daughter is going to be born in October. I don't feel ready yet. I know a lot is going to be demanded of me. I need to work on myself overtime right now for just for whatever period. And it's been, like her preparation process has been redesigning our house and like more organization and bins and blankets. Mm-hmm. That's her nesting. But like my my dad warrior instinct is coming into play. Like, no, you know what? I need to spiritually grow up. And I believe that growing up is uh, rooted in disciplines. And... I've been very unhappy with a lot of habits in my life. I've mm-hmm. wasted a lot of time. I am, I've not treated my body right. And I think that's also typical in recovery is people that are newly sober from alcohol or drugs or pornography is I found a replacement addiction with food. Yeah. And workaholism. Yeah. That is unprecedented. Yeah. We, I don't, and I'm now, I'm now breaking ties with that. And it only came literally four and a half years later that I'm finally getting around to, 
I feel loved enough by God that I can love myself a little bit to like, I want to take care of my body now. Yeah, I, I think that that's an area that we haven't spent enough time on in here is self-care. And there's a, there's a lot of elements to self-care because I, I think when we're early, especially early in recovery, we think we need to be making amends and we, yeah, we're, we're trying to figure our, our stuff out and we're processing all of this negativity and stuff. But there's also an element of, of, of receiving God's love and loving ourselves that, that we need to talk about more and we need to implement more so that we're better able to serve others. I, I think that that's something that we haven't spent enough time on and, and we should definitely get into that more. Uh, and we've touched on things like rest, but, 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 but diet and exercise and consistency. Well, here's the dilemma. Let me paint you a picture. I brought my 30 day chip to um, definitely a celebrity recovery person, rich role. Um, and um, I, I had the opportunity to meet rich and he, he is um, he wrote a book called finding ultra. He was once labeled the world's fittest man and uh, is this um, ultra endurance athlete. He did five consecutive Ironman races on the different islands of Hawaii in a seven day period. Oh, that's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers (laughs) what this man has achieved later in life after getting sober. And I said, Rich, I'm struggling. And he said, I don't care if you need to eat in and out every single day. Focus on not drinking and staying sober. Yeah. And I took that advice to heart, but I don't know, like... But you didn't stop eating in and out? <laughs> I did. I, I, I have adopted this stay sober no matter what mindset, and there's been all these shiftings of addiction mm-hmm. um, until, like... And, and, and the one that I've fallen back on has been food and... You know, I'm doing a very restrictive diet right now. I'm only eating meat and vegetables and I'm 15 days in. Yeah. And the second week was complete hell because my body was screaming at me to give it anything but meat and vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times throughout the day I've like wanted to go get a donut and I'm asking myself, why do I want this donut? Yeah. And, um... Where am I going with this? <laughs> but I feel like I finally got to something at such a deep root with pride that it's finally unraveling a lot of why I do what I do. And this step study and in, in this inventory round, a lot of stuff came out from my father and um, rooted in trying to get his uh, approval. And um, the, the story is... Um, uh, one day he is riding his skateboard in the parking lot and he asks if I can do a trick. I say, I can do the trick. I tried to do the trick knowing full well that I couldn't do it. I fell and he laughed at me and I've spent the rest of my life trying to earn the, I'm proud of you, son, from my dad. Mm-hmm. And what that's led to is an insanely competitive urge to become the best at all of these things that I think he would appreciate me for and to be the undisputed champion so that one day he could say, 
well, I, I, I guess you're good at this. Yeah. And it's it's been this unquenchable void that I could either spend the rest of my life trying to fill or I can put it in its rightful place at the foot of Jesus's at the foot of Jesus's throne and say my heavenly father loves me. I don't need to keep doing this. I don't need to prove anything to my dad. I don't need to keep proving it. My earthly father, yeah. Because all this proving stuff has been playing out in everything. Like I've been competitive in recovery. I've thought, hmm. well, I better have the best testimony. What? Yeah. Yeah, you put- I should have the most honest, rigorous testimony. What what about why what is the what, what, why am I creating this image of like I need to be the best in recruit? Like this is not a competition. Yeah, you, you you put this massive chip on your shoulder, and then it influences everything that you do because it's like I've got to I've got to prove myself in my own mind. Like I've got to be better than everyone else Pride. at everything else. Pride. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like my my ego is telling me I'm not good enough, so I need to work harder and I need to prove that I actually am better than these other people and and none of the other people care. And it it was it, it was that thinking is rooted in why I've done so many things. I was like I'm going to choose the hardest career path entrepreneur i'm gonna prove to the world that i can do this yeah um i'm gonna do the most crazy insane athletics and physical things to prove that i can do that if we're gonna be going out to vegas and drinking i'm gonna be the most extreme like by the bottle service guy like everything i've taken to the absolute maximum so that no one so that i could and it's been in this attempt to hide and cover all this shame is, is a really what it's about. It's a, it, it's a, it's insecurity, right? Like yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm good enough. So I got to make it look like I am. The, 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 the hard part is how many positive payoffs that this has had on paper. It looks like accomplishment. It's actually quite celebrated in the world. And, and I'm, I'm having this, I'm having a little bit of a dialogue, but mostly a surrender about, I don't know what life looks like on the other side of this. I'm actually afraid of like, what if I become weak? But then it says, if I'm weak, then I have Christ's strength. Yeah. The same, the same strength that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of me. What am I trying to prove? Yeah. You know, there's a, um. Jesus quote, John 10, 10, right? He says that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that, that you would have life and have it abundantly. And, and I think, I think a lot of times we don't understand what he means by abundance, right? Because Jesus isn't, isn't saying, Hey, I came so you could have a lot of crap. Right, have have all this stuff and all these accolades, and have all this money and and these vacations, and be able to look good to all these other people. That's not Jesus's definition of abundance. He's talking about a rich relationship with Him, 
with other people, where I serve, where I serve the kingdom, where I help other people, where I die to myself. That's his definition of abundance. And, and you know, what we are talking about and what you've been de defining is the world's definition of success. And, and Jesus is completely upside down on that. And, and it's, it's hard for us. I think, I know it's hard for me to shake the worldly definition of success because I want it. I want money. Do you know what it really I is? I want accolades. Is it's making myself an idol. Yeah. And that literally breaks one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, like look, like look at me and look what I've done. Look at how perfect I am in every category. The undisputed champion. But you know what, dude? It's it's not. It's only a subtle shift from look what I've done to look what God's look what allowed Christ me to do. Done. Look at what Christ has done in me. Yeah, yeah. Look, look what how He's blessed me. Look what the talents that He's given me. Look at what I'm doing with them. And it, it, my problem is, I need to change my my motivation from me to Him. Well, that's the problem with Satan's promise. Is that Satan's promise has just enough of the truth in it? Yeah. To make it seem real. It's so deceptive. It has just enough. Like, did God really say you can't eat from any tree? Like, it has just enough to get my attention. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And, and, and it is it is eternal separation from God if I live there. Yeah. Um, and then I think about, I, I want to tie this into blame. And in pride, in shame, I engage in what, what is called blame shifting. Yeah. Meaning... I um I yelled at my son to be quiet. He was screaming in the car. It was like 30 minutes in. There were, I just I couldn't take it anymore. I know some people have done the same thing. Oh yeah. But it was scary to my wife and she like told me like, "Oh my, like you were scary. I almost cried. Like, can we not do that?" Yeah. And I immediately blame shifted. I'm like, "Well, you're not a perfect parent." Yeah. I was tearing her down. Yeah. To try and make myself feel better because I felt ashamed. I felt worth less because of my action versus like maybe just, some healthy guilt, which is, oh man. You, you or know, accountability, like or just accountability, owning it, like, right? Like, but you know, if I, but it was physically uncomfortable when she called me out. Yeah. And I wanted to get out of the bad box yeah. as soon as possible and back into the good box. Yeah. And my favorite way to do that is to shift the blame through manipulation. Like I can, I can have a way with words and tear people down and dress them down to their very core just so I can feel better. I'm, I am gifted at this, but it is so destructive yeah because in in that moment i've betrayed who i really want to be and and i don't want to own that so i'm gonna right. do everything i can to protect my ego and my pride to make sure that i'm insulated so it's like yeah i screamed at our kid but he, but it was because he was screaming for so long and you're not such a great parent either and there's traffic and it's, it's like i can rattle off this litany of excuses everything except yeah i, lost I made a temper. mistake yeah yeah i lost my cool i'm so sorry i shouldn't have done that and, and god and, god hates that god hates when i do that he doesn't just not like it it says that 
God hates that. And you, you know what, though? The, the, so there's growth here, though, right? Because it's like you recognize that. We're talking about it now. You know you don't want to do that again. No. You, I'm sure, have have talked to your wife about this and, and apologized. And and if you haven't, you should. <clears throat> but, but, but it's like... It, 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 it happens because we're human. And what I need to do is, is reduce the number of times it happens and shrink the time between when something happens and when I make amends for it. Um, this is a quote from my counselor's book. His name is um, Mark Brandis, and he wrote a book called Why We Hide. And... Literally, it is just such an accurate picture. Um, it sounds a little bit inappropriate, but if you think about what was the next action that God took with, at, like, after Adam and Eve committed original sin, they realized they were naked and wanted to clothe themselves. They held fig leaves over their body, and then God lovingly knelt down and crafted them clothes after killing one of his he killed an animal to do this and and um you know was willing to shed blood to now cover adam and eve and 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 loved them through that like i will make clothes for you and um but he also laid out some consequences too he laid out some consequences but what was interesting in this quote is that and this is this is the eye opener is that the original state of Adam and Eve was naked. And it's and, so and, funny and, and unashamed is that God wants me to walk with him naked. Mm. Not to be sexualized. Yeah. But meaning raw, real, unobstructed. Unafraid and unashamed. That's what that's what they were, right? They they were naked and they felt no shame. And then original sin happens and they're hiding and God's like, what's going on here? And 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 Adam says, "Oh, we're naked and afraid." And you know, it's like, "Okay." <laughs> and God's response to that is, "Who told you you were naked? Like how did they even know they were naked, right?" And I think you're right. God wants us to be raw with him, to, to be completely naked metaphorically. So all these things that we do to try and hide from God, he, are, he knows. Yeah, they're absurd. And so instead of hide, it's to actually like, and why do we hide? It's actually to kind of like achieve some sort of like, rest or secrecy or or connection but when we're hiding through sin we're hiding in the embrace of satan when we are stepping out into the light we are welcomed by the grace of jesus's embrace which is and it's it's and he doesn't want he, he doesn't want you to pull the covers over anything. You know that huge object that you're trying to hide with a, a cov- like a drape over it? He can see clearly <laughs> that it's there. Well, we're hiding from ourselves and, and we're, we're trying to hide our imperfections from others. Yeah. And then the hiding from ourselves is denial and, and blame and denial, I think, go hand in hand because 
if I can blame shift, like you were saying, then I don't need to own it. I can, I can stay comfortably in denial. I can stay comfortably hidden and I don't need to make any adjustments. That's right. Well, I'm happy we got a chance to, to do some, to do some updating here. I, the pattern that I'm noticing for me um, is that for me to, when I go through periods of change and like I get to the roots of things, um, I'm very serious about the science of change. And um, I'm really excited that tomorrow I'm leaving for Chicago to go to the Global Leadership Summit. Um, I was invited by Pastor Craig Rochelle through his Life Church Open Network, uh, which he created for pastors to have access to open source resources. And by being a part of that network, I got a free ticket. That's really cool. I, I think I think we should have a report on that next time we talk. Absolutely. Because I, I think there's going to be a lot of knowledge and wisdom that comes out of that conference that you're going to bring home. There's going to be 7,000 pastors and CEOs from around the world wow. in the audience. World-class speakers, Bob Iger, former chairman of Disney, um, Lindsay Snyder, um, who owns In-N-Out, um, Pastor Judah Smith of Church Home, Craig Rochelle is doing the, the opening talk, Andy Stanley, um, like the, the lineup and, and the, the, the people, I guess also subtly, I've been preparing, I guess, subconsciously to attend this and wanting to, to pull out some weeds in my life so that I can just be there and get filled up again. Because like, I can't get filled if my cup is full already of crap. Like, <laughs> yeah. They call it emptying the vessel. Like, I needed to empty the vessel a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and fill it up with the good, Cause I, the I, pure. I've, I've never been to something like this where it's just going to be two full days of encouragement. Yeah, that's going to be I'm really good. I'm pretty excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Uh, you want to do open share? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, hey, you guys. My name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus in recovery for sexual addiction. I struggle with intimacy anorexia. Hey, John. Hey, you guys. Man, we, we, we covered a lot in this episode, and I, I just, I, I just want to say, like, the anchors of the recovery lifestyle, I think, are so important. And when distractions come in to chip away at those... Uh, that's really disconcerting. Like for me, one of the anchor, you know, you know, one of the anchors is going to church and obviously meetings. And when I had COVID, we did neither of those things. And, and that's really disconcerting for me. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to normal. I went to CR last night, which was almost like a relief. Uh, I did do my phone meetings while I was, while I was, you know, dealing with isolation and, and, um, COVID, but these things are so important and it's so easy to let them slip when I get busy or I get distracted or my circumstances force me like COVID to, you know, isolate. Um, and so I probably could have done a better job reaching out via text or phone while I was 
I mean, I, I let people know, but I didn't really like try to connect with anyone. And I, I would encourage you guys out there to, to even if you're forced to isolate, figure out a way to reach out and connect because that connection is what keeps us sober. Thanks, guys. I'm John. Thanks, John. Hey, guys. Chris, Grateful Believer, um, struggling with alcohol, sex, porn, money, codependency, and pride. Hey, Chris. Um, I think to last night and in our group, it was a particularly shedding night where the questions in our workbook were not easy to answer. And I specifically noticed that people shared things that they've never shared Mm. ever. Mm -hmm. And the air in the room started out with what's something you don't want to share. That was one of our lightning rounds. Um, and I don't know what I would do without space like that. I, I do not know. I don't know how I could exist currently today without the stability and the support of Jesus and the recovery lifestyle, which, you know, faith and works. Um, I'm a lifer, hence the word lifestyle. Thanks for letting me share. Nice, Chris. Yeah. You know, that, that question of what's something you, you didn't want to share with the group, you need to share something that you didn't want to share with the group that gets to the heart of what we were talking about in terms of that hiding from God and hiding from ourselves and taking these things that we think we can hide and exposing them. And I think that there's a ton of power in that. Um, and, and, and hopefully every time we do that, these things lose a little bit of their grip on us. And so, you know, I would encourage everyone listening to just maybe journal or, or call somebody up and share something that you've been holding back, pick something that, you know, you really don't want to tell somebody and tell them because there's tremendous power and freedom in that. Want to pray it out? Yeah. Heavenly father. Oh man. Thank you so much for just the recovery lifestyle and um, this partnership with Chris and this medium and anybody who's listening to our voices. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I just pray that you help us come out of blame and denial and hiding and just be willing to be transparent and vulnerable and, you know, practice James 5.16, which is confess our sins to one another and pray for each other so that we may be healed. That promise of healing is so powerful, but it comes with the premise of having to confess our sins and to pray. So, Father, I just encourage uh, and ask you to embolden each and every one of us to confess and pray and feel your healing presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you made it this far in the episode. I'd like to congratulate you because to me that shows that you're taking your recovery seriously. If you'd like to reach out, please visit recoverylifestyle.com. You can use the contact form to submit a prayer request, give us ideas for future episodes, or simply to just share what's on your mind. We would love to hear from you. If you really are enjoying the show, what would mean a lot is if you could subscribe and leave a review. That will help more people find 
the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast.